Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Unleashing Possibilities podcast. This is Mark, and Christy is here. Hello, mentors. Wonderful to be with you. Today, we are going to talk about emotions, something that we reference often, whether it's through workshops, through retreats, and it's an important conversation that we want to continue to have and we're going to focus on in the next workshop because we know that in our society we don't always spend time talking about emotions, teaching skills of how do we work with emotions, and recognizing that during the pandemic there's been a lot of emotions that have come forward and surfaced and we know that there's a lot of challenges with mental health more than ever before. And so we're really going to focus this podcast and our next and our upcoming workshop around emotions so that we can learn more about how to be with them. And this is a really important piece for our young people as they experience a wide range of emotions, but yet our culture, our society, as Mark referenced, really tunes out certain emotions and has us only wanting to feel what we might call good or positive emotions. But our emotional being, our, our presence in this earth, is really the full range of those pieces. And as young people, when we um, are, are experiencing the world that we need to cut out or cut off or turn away from those negative emotions, we're turning away from what shapes us, what allows us to know our full human range and build compassion and build empathy and trust and um, and to know like our own agency and will. So. Our learning to be with emotions as mentors, to hold the space for our young people to be with all emotions and to experience their ability to hold emotions and be present to them, not taken over by them, is such a critical part of their identity development in a healthy, healthy way. And it's something that we're bringing, recognizing too, that for our youth's families, they sometimes haven't themselves developed the skill sets to be able to meet emotions and so this might be the really the first opportunity that they're looking at emotions and experiencing emotions in a way of being present with them different than ever before so let's jump in and first maybe just step back and kind of look at what are emotions and recognize that emotions are complex elastic systems that we all have as human beings, and they're a response to the body that we have inherited and the shaping that we learn from both our culture and the environments that we grow up in, that we're surrounded by, that we're influenced by. And these emotions, these responses, can be influenced by what's happening in our bodies, what our bodies are sensing in a specific situation or environment, by our own thoughts, by our our own ideas and beliefs, our experiences. And our emotions um, also can influence these same things as well too. So we know that they can also influence thoughts and ideas and create body sensations. So they're both being shaped by and shaping um, our emotions. Mark, one of the words that feels really key to me in the definition you just offered us is this elastic systems that respond to our body and the way that um, we have inherited or been shaped by our culture and our environment and and the 
uh, infinity loop of emotions and thoughts and body sensations and actions and and how those are, are always in a dance or interplay. But this word elastic really sticks out for me about um, knowing that emotions, there can be, a, you know, there's ranges of feeling sadness. There's ranges of feeling mad. They're elastic. They stretch out and come back in. And that they're all temporary. They're not here permanently because our emotions or uh, our emotional state shifts and can shift in minutes or hours or sometimes even seconds. And what I think is important is a distinction here that, to draw very quickly is the distinction of emotions and the impermanence and moods, the mood or overtone of our life, and that being something that's a little bit more continuously present. And so you and I have talked about this, and we've mentioned it in workshop. Moods are kind of like the climate we live in. We live in a desert climate, and that's somewhat fixed. You know, it's it's a, a longer-term uh, of time of living in a climate of a, a of a desert and emotion being more like the weather today so it could be sunny or it could be cloudy or it might have rain today even in the desert um, but it's it's more of something that's shifting in a shorter time frame and I think that's important just to note as a distinction as we go through today's podcast and the upcoming workshop on emotions is understanding that they're evolving, they're shifting, they're shaping, um, being shaped, and somewhat uh, impermanent. And not to confuse that with what we see in our young people, or even ourselves, as the overtone mood of our lives. Um, And that feels like an important distinction to understand, then, why are we feeling emotions? Yeah, and, you know, we, we know we're wired to feel emotions, um, so they're generated by these, you know, very complex neural networks that are connected to our brain. And we know that emotions serve us in a lot of different ways. They help us to kind of reorganize and systematize what are the mental and the bodily resources that we need to employ to meet whatever we may encounter in life. And so as you think about from an evolutionary standpoint, this has helped our species to survive and to evolve and to adapt over time. And again, as we've referenced, right, emotions are also learned as well, too. So while we have kind of this evolutionary standpoint of emotions and how we experience emotions, we can also learn emotions from our culture and our family structure and our experiences. So how we work with emotions, um, how we think about emotions, um, how we process through emotions. So all of that can also be influenced by our environment and by our um, relationships with others in our lives. So starting to pick up on um, the range of emotions that we experience as human has great value for us. And you just touched on one. The val- one of the key values is survival. You know, emotions start to alert us and our bodies to flight, fight, and freeze. Um, it, and that has been absolutely necessary in our evolution as humans. So understanding that very fundamental um, value that emotions brings to our life of understanding what's important to us. You know, we're not going to be eaten by the saber-toothed tiger today, but when we feel those high range of emotions, we can start to tune in and notice, like, oh, this is this is important. Um, there's something really of value going on here in my life. Other values that that emotions bring for us is having us act and being of motivation for us to move forward. 
with what we're experiencing to, again, once we've noticed what's important to us, to know that there's a motivation now of how do I move forward with the situation or the person that I'm facing. So they can help us in making decisions by telling us what's important to us and helping us have more empathy and compassion by understanding what's occurring for ourselves and for others. So it helps us be in relationship as a value emotions do. Which we all crave and thrive on as human Mm -hmm. beings. And though we can sit here and logically understand and sense the value of all emotions, we still know, though, it can be human nature um, sometimes and or societal that we tend to grasp and attach to all of the good emotions, right? So maybe joy, pleasure, and we tend to numb out or distract ourselves or push away the ones that tend to be a little bit more difficult, ones connected to pain and to suffering. We're just kind of um, programmed in a way, um, learned through our environment to do this. And so can we step back and start to really shift our mindset that all emotions are welcomed, that all bring value, and what can become possible for ourselves and our own relationships if we can really accept and embrace and welcome all of the emotions, even the ones that are uncomfortable to meet? And so the question then becomes, how can we uh, work with all emotions, uh, the full spectrum? And one of the first moves we can make is acknowledge the emotion that's here, uh, the emotion that's most present as it occurs. And we're not always attuned to this. It requires us to slow down and sense into our bodies and uh, the wisdom of our hearts and really Uh, ask what is the emotion and how quickly, um, not necessarily quickly, but how can I name it? How how can I tune into it? And can I sense into the emotion that's present? And that's where we use at New Pathways tools like the mood meter. So that way we can begin to identify a range of emotions based upon our energy and our feelings of pleasantness or non-pleasantness. And we can practice that with our youth by just tapping into how high is my energy, how high is my pleasantness, and what word, emotional word, would I give to that? And then we can turn to allowing that to be here. And we can sense into our capacity to be with the emotion. And one of the questions I really find great great wisdom in is once I've named the emotion, is asking myself or asking the person that I'm with, How much can you hold of it right now? So this acknowledging it and then allowing it to be here and realizing maybe I can let a little bit of it in right now, that that's what feels safe or that's what it feels like I'm resourced or have the capacity to do in this moment. And I can promise it that I'll feel a little bit now. Maybe I'll feel a little bit more later. Um, Or maybe I can't tune into it right now, but I will return to it and really allow and carve out you know, five, 15 minutes to myself to just let the emotion arise and to feel it um, as much as I can, as much as I can be with it in the moment. Yeah, so with that awareness, it's just reminding me of um, the commitment, the, the commitment to be with the emotion that we're making. And so I love that distinction of we may not be able to meet it right in the moment, and yet we can still commit to meet it later and not abandon it. Because uh, we know that even if we try to, it's going to get stuffed somewhere mm-hmm. inside us, and we'll have to deal with it in some way at some point in the future. That's right. 
So another step we can take after we've acknowledged the emotion and we are now allowing it to be here is we can really get curious with the emotion. So once we've got a sense of it, we're allowing it to be present, to sense into what is it here to teach me or to show me or to tell me? And this goes back to the things that we talked about earlier is that there can be value from emotions and that we might need to act on something. Something's important to us. A decision needs to be made. Maybe we're not feeling safe. We need to set some boundaries in a relationship. And so can we actually be curious with the emotion and allow ourselves to question it, to ask, to process through it? And as I think about, you know, we invite a lot of different strategies through our workshops, ways to be curious with emotions can happen through journaling, through talking about it with your mentee, mentor, um, uh, hand, hand over heart. I love that strategy of just mm-hmm. holding your hand over your heart and asking, what is it that you want me to know right now? Um, also getting out into a space where we can really invite that wisdom. Nature is a great way to allow us to be present with emotions. And so again, through that curiosity, we might, we'll, we might start to get a sense of, what is what is the next step I might need to take here? Um, what again? What is this emotion trying to tell me? And what we might start to find are answers coming to us that that are beyond our cognitive way of thinking. Um, that's certainly at play. But what's the totality of the wisdom of our body and their emotional response, not just our cognitive way of being with the situation? So answers might start to arise when we turn toward the emotion. Like, am I safe? Is something crossing a boundary of mine here? Is there an important decision that I need to make that I'm avoiding or maybe that I'm rushing? And what actions might I need to take right now? And sometimes non-action is the action. And can we, what can we understand or learn about ourselves in the midst of this emotion that's arising in the situation or in relationship with a person that we're in? What, what's how much greater can my understanding become for myself and for the other person involved when I am curiously with the emotion that's here? And as I think about this too, it's understanding that, uh, like you said, so some answers might come, and the truth is maybe not all of the answers are there yet, so there's still more to unfold, more to come later. And so it may be an awareness of, I'm getting some of that now, and I might need to continue to be curious over some time to get a sense of what it is that I'm here to learn. And so that's what affords us then the opportunity to move to the next step, which is acting on and experimenting with possibilities. So once we've named our emotions, we've allowed it to be here, we're asking what it's here to show me, we're being curious about it, in time we'll see what our air quote here, right action is. What's called for next in this situation? What possibilities exist and how might I be with them? So it might be that I'm setting a boundary in a relationship. It might be I actually act on my homework or an assignment or a work project that maybe I've been feeling dread about and I can see that it's really important to my future and move on it. Or maybe I ask for or offer forgiveness because I can see the hurt that I've caused and the shame or guilt that's arising within me and and the right action feels like forgiveness. Or maybe it's deciding on which college to attend if I have mixed or uncertain emotions and I turn toward them and start to see what's the wisdom and the uncertainty. Or maybe I've just been engaging in a pattern that's not helpful, that's destructive or harmful or keeps me 
uh, in a cycle of being stuck. And maybe I can see in that moment a way out of being stuck when I turn toward the emotions that I'm avoiding. Yeah, and I think about as mentors, you know, we can be open about our own journey of this as well, too. And I would say reasonably, depending on um, what types of topics and experiences we're interacting as adults. Uh, But we can also say, hey, this is what I'm learning from my own emotions, and here are some of the steps, the baby steps that I'm taking And again, it's likely a try-on, so I'm experimenting with it. I'm trying to see what opens up when I step into this, and uh, and what am I learning from this? So having spoken today about what are emotions, why they're important, and then what are the ways that we can allow them to be, how we can be with them, it strikes me that as uh, mentors, the very practical skill here is when our youth share something with us, and we find ourselves feeling moved toward that, or this is what happens for me as a mentor, moving toward action. Like I need to fix something. I need to teach. I need to guide. I need to, dare I say, even sometimes lecture. Is can I pause and just notice what's happening for me? What emotion is here for me? Because when I do, oftentimes as a mentor, it's feeling scared or feeling fear or feeling concerned about the well-being of my young person, and I want to move quickly to alleviate that and find a solution so all that worry can go away. So can I just notice that's what's present for me first? And then the practical skill is instead of doing what I would normally do, is simply ask my young person, how are you feeling about that? What emotions are here with you Uh, as you face this situation or this circumstance? whether it be the difficult stuff or the not-so-difficult stuff, can we start inviting in the fullness of our young people by including the question, how are you feeling about that? What emotions are here for you right now? And sometimes it might include sharing what emotions here for me. So right now, as you tell me that, I'm finding myself feeling worried. I'm curious what emotions are here for you. So this is a very practical, conversational skill that we're talking about, which means we have to interrupt when we're feeling the uncomfortable emotions of trying to move to action too quickly. When we haven't acknowledged our own emotions, we haven't allowed it to be here, and we haven't asked it to, to show us what it's here to tell us. Yeah, I think that's a really important uh, easy, I'd say easy, but it's not really that easy, uh, but practical way that we can do that. So yeah, as mentors, how can we be the role models in this space and recognizing that it's going to be, it's going to take some practice as well too. And, um, you know, I think about with our mentors, our mentees, that we can also just get better about engaging in emotions more often, more consistently. So it could literally be when they get in the car, when you go to pick them up, like just, hey, how's your day going? And then how are you feeling? What are the feelings that are present right now? So can we make the conversation about emotions more natural, make them more normal, and uh, and expand the literacy and uh, the language that our youth have around emotions? And if we can continue to practice that more often, then that might invite us, then in those moments when we do feel some of those strong emotions, we can pause and step back and go, oh, I'm going to step out of this pattern of doing, of fixing, of rescuing, and just checking in with myself. What am I feeling? And then now that I've checked in with myself, I can check in with 
the youth as well too. And, and having trust that as I do check in in this way, remember we said one of the steps is then what becomes possible. So this broader conversation or this more practical conversation about what's the emotional presence here affords the emergence of possibility in a whole different way where our youth feel fully seen and valued and that their own wisdom gets tapped into. So we've, we've brought this as a very practical step we can take as mentors, is just inviting this conversation. And it's important that we also understand by taking this very practical, pragmatic skill and applying it in our mentoring relationship, we're also building long-term uh, capacity, more development of our young people over time to include more and more of their whole selves, their authentic selves, to live their best lives. And so mentors, as you prepare to bring your youth to the next workshop, or maybe as you prepare to have your next outing, we invite you to just reflect on your own emotions and get a sense of what are the emotions that I tend to embrace and welcome, and what are some of the emotions that I might tend to push away, deflect from, and can we start to practice ourselves with sitting and allowing those emotions to come forward and so we can do this in any moment we can do this at work and pause for for a few minutes and just get a sense of what emotions are here allow myself to feel them to hold them and then just notice what what's happens for you when you actually allow whatever emotions are present even the ones that tend to be a little bit more uncomfortable and this could culminate in an end of day journal entry for example of just reflecting on your day and asking what emotions did I allow myself to meet today? And what emotions were, was I pushing away in my day-to-day? So starting to observe that over a week or two weeks of some daily journaling will start to point to what is the mindset shift you have about what's welcomed and what's unwelcomed in emotional states. And then we ask you to step up and commit to be in this partnership with your youth to allow and embrace and to be curious about emotions, recognizing again that we're teaching them a really important skill set to uh, really be successful in all areas of their lives. And of course, we also invite you to check in with your program coordinator and share with them what you're taking away from this podcast, what you're learning about your own emotions, and how you see yourself stepping up to be in support of your youth and exploring their own emotions. We thank you for listening, and as always, keep unleashing possibilities.